three, two, one, go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Triad of the Force podcast, a podcast from three Puerto Rican friends coming together to do deep dives into Star Wars and other nerd-related media. This is season one, episode nine, Gods of Our Own Making. So, Goose. Uh, it's been it's been a good week. It's been a good week for Star Wars, <laughs> for Star Wars fandom. Uh, season two of The Mandalorian just came out, and holy crap, was that a good was that a good ride? Yeah, I think I think we all can agree that we enjoyed that episode, but mm-hmm. it's not something that we will discuss on this episode because we have you a check, spinoff you, you, show you now. You can check out our <laughs> Mando, Mando Mondays. Our we Mando have on Mondays. Mando Mondays, uh, which well, I mean, this episode's coming out on a Wednesday, so that means that you hopefully already checked it out. But as a reminder for uh, episode chapter 10 of Mandalorian season two, we are doing weekly reviews for that. So make sure to check that out. And also, we will also be on Geeky Waffle for three episodes to do uh, Mando discussions with a couple of other podcasters. I will be on uh, next Saturday. So I think it's the 7th of November. Uh, Mo, I think you'll be on You'll be the last on December 18th. I forget what name. And Natalie, you will be two November 21st. Yeah. So make sure to check those out. Once the dates are closer, we will give out more information. But having said that, Natalie, our weekly question for you <laughs> How is the Clone Wars watch going? <laughs> so I got through the Mortis arc and at long last. I know. I know you've been very excited for me to get there. So I actually, I stopped there because I just wanted to like take in the Mortis arc because I mean, even before I started watching it, uh, my husband, who's very into the Clone Wars, had shown me a few scenes. So Mm -hmm. I know how impactful it is to, you know, pretty much everything Star Wars. So now that I've seen it and digested it, I thought, you know, it'd be a good idea to talk about it with you guys who Mm -hmm. obviously seen it before. And its impact and what it means and and there's so much it's it's a short arc but so much happens in in that amount of time so i think it's it's more than enough to get through an episode here so definitely let's talk about the mortis arc let's talk about it uh before we kind of go into the deep dive with it mm-hmm. uh, what, what were your initial thoughts when you saw it like how did it reframe uh, clone wars for you did it reframe star wars like how because i think i i think at least personally for me and I think for a lot of people uh, the Mortis arc is kind of a, a, an important arc because it kind of reframes how you go into the rest of Clone Wars and Rebels Okay. Uh, so like I, I, I'm curious to know like your opinions on that since like you're fresh yeah. it's always good to hear someone's fresh yeah. opinion on that and, and it's also like a red, redefining of the force as well because I've been of the type that I really was expecting, you know, the new trilogy to go in this whole force users mm-hmm. balance aspect of the force without even, you know, seeing the Mortis arc. I just thought it was somewhere that it needed to go. And then I watched this and it completely solidified it for me. Mm-hmm. But um, just on first impact, the episode begins, you know, very strangely, they get a distress call from somewhere that is not even mapped. Uh, they send Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka and there's a team, you know, with Rex as well. And then they're supposed to be at the same place, but they can't find each other. So there's, you know, it's just entrenched in mystery. And then they see what Mortis is. You can't really define it as a planet or anything. It's just like this, you know, shape. And then they get dragged into it, you know, without being able to get away. And then they find themselves in this 
world that is just lush and gorgeous. And, you know, it, it's so beautiful as time goes by that you start, you know, the seasons start changing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's obviously beautifully done. And then when you get the explanation about the daughter and the son, but it's, I love the fact that it was just, it was so mysterious and you see it, the characters themselves, like they're very surprised. They don't understand what's happening. Cause sometimes in these shows, it upsets me that everybody just takes things in stride. Like it's not supposed to be surprising, but these characters were like, where are we? What is going on? What is this place? We've never, I mean, there was talk about this place, like maybe thousands of years ago, but it's not even referenced. I like how Obi-Wan still plays it cool though. He's always like, Oh, "Oh." of course. Obi-Wan is still like, yeah, I know. And they're just like, why are you so (laughs) calm? Obi-Wan. Because, well, cool. Obi-Wan has Obi-Wan high ground, so he's yeah. invincible. Obi-Wan high ground. <laughs> Obi-Wan high ground is a thing. It follows you into intradimensional space. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, pretty much every time I see something and they say, no, he has the high ground, I'm like, Obi-Wan high ground. That's like, he defeats that rule every time. Always, always. <laughs> but anyway, uh, getting back to Mortis, obviously, it's... Uh, it was just so much that I wanted to see. I mean, this just because it's not it's not Sith, it's not Jedi, it's it's beyond that. Even for the parts that represent the light and the dark, yeah. You obviously know the daughter represents the light. You know the sun represents the dark, but they're beyond Sith and Jedi. I mean, when they first see the sun, they're like, "Oh, you're a Sith Lord." It's like, <laughs> child, no, no, I'm way more than that, and. Even the father, I mean, like they're all supposed to be force users. Obviously, one turns to one side or the other, but they were actually kept in balance. And then when they start to sense that the father is dying, then obviously the son starts going even deeper into the dark side, mm. which makes it even more powerful. The daughter, who's completely selfless, does not delve harder into the light side. So they kind of come out of balance because of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I really love the fact that you need both, which is something that the, I think the Jedi are always like, oh, we have to fight the dark side. We have to fight the dark side. No, you, you can't have the light without the dark. You need both sides. So I think this was beautifully represented here that you really do need both of them for you know everything to work. If, mm. if you lean too much towards one or the other, then things start to fall into chaos. So I don't know. It was it was a very good watch, but I'm just here ranting by myself. So come on, help me out, guys. No, no, no. Yeah, well, <laughs> I know. You see your perspective on us, the, the, the fresh one, uh, the fresh perspective. Yeah. yeah. So would you say would you say that this episode has kind of solidified your opinion of like uh, Clone Wars and where the show is going, or would you say that it's like okay, just an okay? It's no, it was fantastic. Episode. It was fantastic. It, it's some of the best things Star Wars has ever done. I think. Just this one arc is is fantastic. The way it explores the true nature of the Force. There's a lot of exploration into Anakin and his dark side and his actual fall into the dark side, which I thought was very um, underwhelming in the films mm-hmm. because you obviously know he's going to turn into Darth Vader, but that transition from light to dark, like it doesn't make that much sense. Mm. I, you don't really see it. The... The development of that, like all the reasons behind it and all of that development. And, and you obviously 
get glimpses of it in the show, but this one really explores that. Yeah. And not only does it explore his dark side, but it, it finally answers the question that he is the chosen one. Because from the beginning, there's like Qui-Gon believed he was the chosen one, but it was never actually concluded. But this one, like, he is the chosen one. This is this is confirmed. So, and we get and we get Qui-Gon. And we get Qui-Gon. Back on the show. And yeah. played by Liam Neeson. I always know. A, I was always a plus. Oh, I got goosebumps when that happened. I mean, as soon as he showed up, I, I turned to my husband and I was like, is that actually Liam Neeson? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And it's like, yes, it is. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> it was best, so good best jedi best, I, best. I know and he's so wise i i love qui-gon jinn he's yes. there is there are discussions online on whether that was actually qui-gon or if it was just one of a vision that uh mortis mm -hmm. you know projected onto obi-wan yeah. do you guys mm -hmm. have an opinion on what was happening there because i think it was actually qui-gon who was able to because Mortis is a nexus in the Force, and it's yeah. so in tune yeah. with, with, with the Force cosmically that Qui-Gon was actually able to talk to Obi-Wan. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I think that was actually Qui-Gon. Uh, it's, it's stated pretty clearly to something that's just it's a Force, pretty much like a Force convergence of a planet that mm -hmm. creates the solution for them. So... I, I believe that's that was Qui-Gon. I mean, could it be an illusion or vision? Sure, but at the same time, I think what Ahsoka saw her future, that's not an illusion either. That was yeah. actually Ahsoka from the future. Just How bad does she look, by the way? Amazing. I, I it's, well, I don't, well, I've said it before. I kind of don't, huh. not the biggest fan of the Rebels animation style, so I always okay. kind of lean to that. So I was like, oh, it might have been better if they had gone that way stylistically they would have that's besides the point. looking like that's that in Clone Wars yeah I mean I think it was a little too much in that in that vision I think she looked a little weird but I still prefer that she looks badass rebels she, she just looks badass yes but 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 it will make sense that it will be like an exaggerated version of her from the future yeah because it's mm -hmm. you know it's it's still an uncertain future that's mm -hmm. I think the the whole Mortis also like the act. It shows you that that doesn't matter if you know you're you might be destined to be the chosen one or you might mm -hmm. have what's considered to be what's gonna happen next, but you still have to say, you still have a choice. Yeah. And and that's that's clear through at least in all episodes, you yeah. know, right from the beginning. Yeah. Anakin has it, it he always has the choice to, you know, I'm just gonna leave. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop this. Uh, but I, I don't think they were just visions. They, I, I, I will say they were definitely the real thing. Yeah, I, I think it was Qui Gon as well. Um, just because, and even if they were visions, it doesn't make them less true. True. So, true. I mean, obviously, you're in a place that's very strong, and, and even Qui Gon tells. Um, Obi-Wan that it, if he's not the chosen one, it's going to be a very dangerous place for him because he's going to be bombarded with a lot of information because he's very sensitive to the force regardless of if he's the chosen or not. Yeah. And obviously they played with everybody's mind. Uh, Anakin has the vision of his mother. 
which does turn out to be the sun, but just because the sun is inspiring the vision doesn't mean that the vision is less real because it's calling into well, his guilt. Yeah, the vision is real, but it's not yeah. Shmi. Yeah. Who's actually showing yeah. up. Uh-huh. But Qui-Gon specifically, I think Qui-Gon was really there and, and he does not only talk to Obi-Wan, he talks to Anakin as well. Mm-hmm. And it, I think that was very important. You know, it's kind of that fulfillment of, did I do the right thing for Obi-Wan? Like, did I... Did I do the right thing? I, I taught him like he wanted me to. Did I make a mistake or not? And, and Qui-Gon being very secure on the fact that he is the chosen one, regardless of, you know, his connection now with the Force transcending death. And he still believes that it was the right choice for Anakin to be trained as a Jedi because he still believes that he is the chosen one. So, so there was something very fulfilling about that. It's like kind of ending a circle there for Obi-Wan. Like, regardless of what happens now, it was... Me, oh, me, Qui Gon, your master's telling you that you did make the right decision. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's kind of a validation for him that I think he really needed because, yeah. you know, the council was never in favor of Anakin being trained. So I think Obi Wan always doubted himself about that. Yeah. And- I mean, especially because like Obi Wan and Qui Gon are very different Jedi. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons that Obi Wan failed, quote unquote, is because mm-hmm. like he couldn't provide Anakin like what he needed for. Uh, himself to become like a, a Jedi that would bring balance, and it's that's the thing that Qui Gon was gonna be the one to provide. Yeah, because Qui Gon understood, like you know, you know that there isn't a binary. You know, that there is a binary, but you don't yeah. have to choose in the way of mm-hmm. uh, the dogma the Jedi have or the Sith yeah. have. But mm-hmm. there's like that middle ground. Yeah, that like I think is what's very explicit in Mortis. It's like yeah. it's, it's always a struggle, but there always needs to be those two sides to the coin mm-hmm. like one cannot live without the other i mean the minute that one of the gods were taken out of the equation like the yeah. other one needed to check himself out yeah so the force <laughs> ultimately balances itself out yeah and that's mm-hmm. the, the struggle that the whole movies and franchise yeah. has always presented like that struggle to find that inner balance and that one yeah. cannot rule over the other mm-hmm. and qui-gon i think it's the best jedi to embody that and that's yeah Something that, uh, not to go into Rise of Skywalker again, but <laughs> Skywalker kind of failed to yeah. know, keep going because Luke was so close in The Last Jedi. He was so I know, close it was like, so close in The Last Jedi. Fulfilling yeah. Qui-Gon's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mission. And then JJ. JJ. <laughs> lost lost the, the vision, I guess. The... <sighs> anyway. Which is actually a theory that I had uh, heard before the movie came out and like they had shown the trailer. Or Rise of Skywalker, and you know that mm-hmm. scene when like Ray has like the dagger, and uh-huh. they're pulling it out. Like a lot of people had like a theory that that was the actual dagger of Mortis, and then they were gonna tie, you know, Mortis really? into Rise of Skywalker. And I was, that would have been that, that really, been cool. really cool, even though it doesn't look anything like the dagger of Mortis. But like, yeah, but but that could be interesting because then you might bring everything mm-hmm. together. But then it just turned out to be a stupid knife. Like the I know, knife that, but... that, that, that someone sat down and carved yeah, after <laughs> hoping that nothing would collapse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what makes it so sad um, about the sequel trilogy. Aside from, I, I still love it too. There's a lot of things about the new sequel trilogy that I love, but it's, it's sad that you have this wealth of Star Wars canon from Clone Wars and Rebels and you don't take advantage of it. You kind of leave it to the side. And, and there was so much development in those arcs 
that you could have brought forward and you know just because not everybody has watched them doesn't mean that it it isn't a part of the story and and i am one that will admit that i just started watching them i ignored them for a long time but but they are still part of the story just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean you're thinking about these things because i was thinking about you know force users and bringing balance before i ever saw this mm-hmm. so you know yeah. even if someone who hadn't seen it and had a seen it this explicitly there were themes in star wars that needed to be explored in the movies yeah and, and to that point like mortis was so impactful that you know it kind of defined where the rest of clone wars went and also was brought back in rebels i won't say how but mortis plays a part in really? rebels yeah yes. I'm, I'm laying out the breadcrumbs for you to keep your animation keep star going, wars animation yes. going yes i will. <laughs> i will keep going i promise Yeah. Well, I've, now you have to. Now you have a commitment to a channel. <laughs> yes, but cool. now I'm actually emotionally invested as well. You're emotionally invested. Yeah. Yes. I told you as soon as I got uh, to like Satine in season two, yeah. I yeah, I don't Papa. spoil anything. But anyway, I already had gotten emotionally invested, and then the Mortis arc is is something else. It's it's so beautiful, and I, I, and I let, think it's like mm-hmm. going with that. Why it's also so beautiful. It's You finally, uh, at least in my sense, like I always questioned, I always questioned the chosen one. Why is that person the chosen one? Yeah. And I think this is the first time we actually get to see. What like I, I, at least I remember just finishing. I was like, oh, this is why Anakin is the chosen one. Yeah. Like, and it's, and you can see it in that scene where. Uh, the griffin and the gargoyle mm-hmm. like are, are ish pinning down the ones that Anakin loves. Yeah. And it's it's only when he finds that balance between the hatred he's feeling for those beasts mm-hmm. with the love of what's he's invested with those people that he's able to surpass and be able to grasp them. Mm-hmm. Both at the same time in the force, and I, I, to me, that journey was so impactful because it, it starts right from when, like you said, Nanny, like from the beginning, like that shape. It's almost like a diamond, or yeah. Mm-hmm. And the only ones that could get into it were the, probably the force sensitives, mm-hmm. and in this case, so it kind of mirrors like that idea of like you know entering into that altered state of consciousness that yeah and i don't think people can find it by accident i think only people who are invited or pulled to it can actually get in exactly it's yeah. it's yeah it and, and it, it it probably you know it's a door that just opens up it, it will take you in mm-hmm. and in, in a way at the end they get spit out and it's almost like to the rest of the world nothing happened yeah, yeah. and that's that's that goes back to that whole like mm-hmm. But so you 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 first go to they they go in they go to this lush place it's kind of like the jana it's kind of like where you surpass you know what's the physical realm you're now in the yeah. the consciousness you're now in the, this and then right after that the next step you get is the dark night of the soul it's the the darkness yeah yeah and it's it's not until Anakin has been through both the, the light, the dark, 
that he's able to like and face his own fears that he's able to actually hold these two people together that's yeah. one mm-hmm. when he's able to actually show that balance mm-hmm. the and, and it refer, to me it reframes the idea of the chosen one because anybody can be the chosen one as long as you're able to find have, balance within yourself find that balance within yourself to bring it forth into the which is what they were going with with yeah. the last year um, but anyway, that, that scene is very powerful. Um, I, I don't really see it as a Gorgo. I see it like kind of a bat. And then the mm-hmm. daughter is like a griffin. So I thought they were kind of, you know, taking from Egyptian mythology as well, which I thought was really cool because Star Wars is, is very mythological in essence. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I mean, dragging from like, you know, Egyptian mythology, I, I thought was really cool. And then obviously, like you said. Um, Why don't you, just, just in case like some people don't follow. And you like describe the meaning of what the griffin, the gargoyle slash bat, whatever you want to call it, would be. So we can like frame that for people they're not too aware. Well, I'm I'm actually very bad at describing, you know. Uh, not Anna, you have great words. No, I don't. <laughs> we all have great words. We all have great words. Go for it. Well, a griffin no. is a guardian of the divine. Yeah. Right? It's a it's a it's a celestial being in a way yeah. that protects that protects the, the divine and mm-hmm. the gargoyle or the bat it's like the, like associated with evil or wards up evil spirits or mm-hmm. it's a, a creature of darkness so it's very you know, appropriate right for like yeah. each, each character's like inner personality and then yeah. the, what's interesting though is that the father doesn't have an alternate form mm-hmm. or, or, or at least a form that he's comfortable showing true True. Yeah, we we don't actually know if he we, does or doesn't. We, we he just chooses not to. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't. We don't. Another know. thing that I think it's interesting is that we have father, daughter, son, but where's the mother? Yeah. I was watching um, a video from like our illustrious favorite guest so far, Ty Black. Ty Black. Where she mentions where she mentions that the mother is actually nature. She's nature, and it's she's the planet a itself. Force. It's yeah. yeah. The the mother is Gaia, yeah. Gaia. yeah. Mother exactly. nature. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah, so but, we but, should but, add a link to that episode from Ty so people can watch it and understand the mythos behind Mortis as well. So and and from a, I guess from a like on a very even a second like mythological level, you have the father, the daughter, and the son. Which are, it's a trinity. It's a trinity that comes out from the the raw force essence. We have to assume that. The, the mother will be just the force, everything that binds everything together. Mm-hmm. And these are just the representations that come into being. Of those sides, yeah. Those sides, because Anakin, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan need those forms to, mm-hmm. I'm sure between themselves, there's no form. Yeah. It's just the essence of each being. Oh, that's, oh, I like that. The, yeah. the, the forms come into being only when they interact with the material world, which is when Ahsoka, Obi-Wan, and Anakin get in. Mm-hmm. So, because if, if not, it's just raw energy. It's just the cosmic force. So, yeah. there's, there, so there's no mother because there's really no mother. There's no really son, father, or I daughter. Love that. They're mm-hmm. just manifestations so yeah. that we can understand it. Yeah.
So you think if it would have been like an alien species or somebody else that walked in, it would look more like them. Right. So they would yeah. be more understandable. So their shape be. is kind of taken from our unconscious. Yes. So we can understand them. So, so the force gets manipulated Ooh, from our that. subconscious. Yes. I kind of love that. I can, I can see it. You can see uh, it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. <laughs> you're not sure if you completely buy it, but. <laughs> I mean, I, I can, I can buy it abstractly. I'm not sure that's exactly what is happening like, oh. in, in the show, but like I, I, I buy it in the, mm-hmm. in the abstract the abstract of the sense force. of the force <laughs> well anyway going back to that one scene where anakin actually proves that he is the chosen one i mean how how powerful is that when he actually you know is able to slip his the people that he loves from their arms like he slips mm-hmm. them apart throws them away and then makes them kneel in front of them i mean how visceral is that scene yes it's- well it's, it's perfectly framed because not only do you have like the visual of him like uh, mm-hmm submitting the light and dark to his will but yeah. also like the arena that they're in it's like yeah i mean the the whole arc is just so majestically yeah. done in terms of like not only what's happening with mm-hmm. the characters and how they're developing but also like how the environments are designed mm-hmm. because like for example that arena where anakin is doing that they're basically sitting in a giant yin yang symbol yeah but, so it's like everything that's playing off there is yeah. like that light and dark and it's not mm-hmm. only shown by the characters and their wills, but also by the environment that they inhabit. Yeah. So it's like every, everything is that yin yang. It's just the, uh, the, the, the landscape of mm-hmm. Mortis was also that yin yang. Like when yeah. it was the day, it was mm-hmm. beautiful and calm, but then as night came in, the seasons start changing and it yeah. becomes cold and dark. So it's like. No, and it's also, it's not only like the season changing, it's like, you know, the light is like creation. You see mm-hmm. things growing anew, and then the night is death and destruction Killing like they it. have to literally go into a cave because the rain is acid and there's lightning strikes everywhere so it's like it's this perfect cycle of rebirth and death yeah. and coming back mobius strip yes <laughs> it, 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 M-O-E. moe moe no no but, but but the whole mortis act is yeah. it is it it's is a, a whole mobius. thing about yeah it's a mobius strip because mm-hmm. they come back especially yeah. without for the rest mm-hmm. of the world nothing happened yeah. the rest yeah. of the world they just appeared uh-huh. i mean for- and, and for them they might not have also experienced it because the father removed those memories those memories yeah specific ones but they actually knew there were mortis like they knew mortis happened yeah at the he end just, they were they were just confused they yeah. were like what the hell yeah. happened right. yeah but they knew because uh when they finally connect with rex again he's like oh we just lost connection with you for a moment and anakin's like it's been more than a moment that reminds so, I mean, me of a uh, uh, con- uh, contact. Remember the Carl Sagan oh, movie? Oh yeah, yeah. When she goes yeah. and she goes yep. into the machine and yep. she just drops by, but for yep. her, it was like mm-hmm. hours and hours mm-hmm. on end in her experience with the interdimensional beings or whatever they yep. were called. Uh, I need to rewatch that movie. Contact was good. Contact. Uh, I, is... I remember it was a good movie. I, I need to rewatch it because when I saw it, I was not prepared mentally. Because it's strange. It's, it's very. It's a movie that was yeah. written by a scientist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a, but a philosophical scientist, not yeah. not a mm-hmm. not a Hollywood producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's a lot of um. There's just, I have to watch it again too. Actually, yeah. I haven't watched it in a long time. Anyway, uh, we're losing time. <laughs> but, but, no, so, no, but 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 it's it's it goes it ties into also, because when Anakin 
So not only is the Jin Jan used, but mm -hmm. when Anakin is actually at the perfect balance, there's mm -hmm. really no time. You see, you see the stars, you see yeah. changing, everything's just changing dramatically. So it, it reflects back to that idea that, you know, once you're in the Tao, once you're in that moment, mm -hmm. then now there's no, there's no future, there's no past. Mm -hmm. It's just everything happening at the same time. And that mm -hmm. sort of reflected when everything was happening around. The middle of yeah. nothing, just Anakin holding both sides, but then like everything Qui around. Like, like Qui-Gon said, uh, uh, Obi-Wan says, Master Yoda told me I should be mindful of the future. Qui-Gon says, not at the expense Live of the, the moment. Live in the present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, yeah, it's, it's so... two different many. schools of learning. I don't it, it, it is a masterfully created... Yeah arc honestly yeah right. and then we're still like on episode one by the way <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of the arc i mean because then uh obviously the father confirms that he is the chosen one and that he's dying and he wants anakin to replace him so that he can keep control over the daughter of the son and anakin leaves mm -hmm. he's like he he chooses the selfish okay, path <laughs> yeah he chooses the selfish path um, I don't think if he would have been married to Padme at this point, he would have left. I think he would have actually stayed if he well, didn't I, have those attachments, maybe. But I think that's why the vision he has of Shmi is so I, important. Because yeah. Shmi says something, well, the vision of Shmi that the son created says mm -hmm. something that like was really important, that resonated yeah. when I was rewatching it. I know, it I like, thought uh, the same thing, say it. Right, when, when Anakin says that like he wanted to like save Shmi mm -hmm. and that he wants to save Padme because mm -hmm. he loves them all so much. And then she mm -hmm. says, then, then you're, then that's a prison. Yeah. You, you have turned like, love into a prison. Yeah. So it's kind of like, yeah, you're, which is that whole idea of like the balance of light and dark, but here mm -hmm. with love, like if you don't love selflessly mm -hmm. and you love selfishly, then it, then you're, you're contradicting yeah. nature and you're like destroying yourself and the person that you're with. Mm -hmm. So in a way that was like that, uh, uh, foreshadowing right of what was going to yeah. happen with mm -hmm. Batman and his fall to the dark side yeah. which is like yeah he fell to the dark side because of a corruption of the light yeah right because he yeah. loved Padme he loved to save but her. became so obsessed with this idea yeah um which it's like the father tries to convince him like you have to admit your guilt and let it go but he let mm -hmm. that guilt over letting his mother die which had it was consumed. not his fault whatsoever. It, it, he had no control over that. He, you have to admit sometimes when some things are out of your control. Mm -hmm. And he becomes so obsessed with keeping Padme safe that I love that line as well, that yeah. love became a prison for him. He was entrapped by it instead of love should be something that sets you free and makes you better, yeah. not something that entraps you. It, it became a toxic relationship. So, oh, well, well, then, that the real question is, was it love? Did, did Anakin experience love, or was it just self-obsession with yeah. the idea of love? No, well, I think it was love. I just think it was an unhealthy approach to do that love. Because, I mean, he yeah, no, but I, I get what Smo's saying, though. Because yeah. sometimes people confuse love and lust and confuse love with possession. Yes. Yeah. And, 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 and I think yeah. it's Mark. I think there's an entanglement. I don't think it's as scam. Yeah, and I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it did start as love originally, but then obviously, once his mother dies, 
once everything starts to happen, once he has his own push to the dark side in general, because he does tend to be a selfish person in general. So I think all of that combined with Palpatine talking in his ear constantly about all these things, and it, it turned something that was positive in his life to something that became negative. Mm-hmm. So, and I think we see a lot of it here in the Mortis arc that, you know, he chooses to leave, he's selfish, love as a prison, and then when he actually gets those visions, the son gives him visions of what yeah. he's going to become. And and I love it when at the end of the visions, you get like Darth Saber's helmet, like right behind his head. Yes. And I was like, oh, uh, oh my yes. God, so good. And then obviously the soundtrack comes in and it's just fantastic. But you see all the things that happen to him and and his his response is so Anakin. It's like, oh, in order to stop this from happening, I'm going to go dark side. So he goes dark side ahead of time. And you actually see him for the rest of the episode, you know, with the yellow Sith eyes and the whole thing. And and then when everything happens, the father takes the memories away and he says it's because these things need to happen. Hmm. Basically, it's like, I don't want you to remember this because this is how time is supposed to go. Like he foreshadowed that he was going to become Darth Vader, but through Darth Vader, balance is going to be achieved. Huh, interesting. I, I read that scene differently. Oh, how did you read it? So, Mo, how did you interpret that okay. uh, moment? <laughs> so, 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 I, so, so I saw that moment as being, I need to, because after Anakin saw that he will become Darth Vader, yeah. he actually decided, oh, wait, I have to stay. Like, that, like he had to follow the sun and he had to buy into the whole game and make sure that this doesn't happen. He wanted to take once it's almost like once he saw what was gonna happen, now I want to take reins. Yeah. So the so now he can't stay there because it's not really a free will created at that moment. It's actually you already predetermined his future because by already, showing him the future. By showing him an alternate future. Okay. So by deliberately choosing to act on a different quote unquote time frame or timeline. Mm-hmm. That, it, it's not free choice. Because that, that, you're, that makes sense. You're already yeah. so so because of the world between worlds. That makes sense. Actually yes. Mm-hmm. It, it does make you'll a think, lot more you'll, sense. You'll, you'll see what the world between worlds is once you watch Rebels. Yes. I will yeah. get there and we shall discuss. <laughs> so basically you see it as, as the son took away his ability to choose by showing him the future and the father gave him again the ability to, the ability choose, to choose by, by erasing, the memory. erasing the memory of the future. Okay. I, I see because, your points. I like my it, point too. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, so, so here, so, yeah. okay, I, I love your point, but <laughs> so, he, so because the next, so the segue to if if Anakin chose to stay knowing the future, that will create resentment down the road. Mm-hmm. Because it's he he's not even doing any more out of like love. He's just doing it to prevent an outcome he's already aware of. Yeah. So that resentment as the new father figure yeah. would eventually create it will not will not be a balance in the force. No. Just because he already has that vision of the future that's why i think the father had to erase it but yeah 
No, no, I really like I really like the way you framed it as well. This is like <laughs> Well, because it wasn't just him staying. It was him joining the dark side and, and helping the sun because the sun's eventual plan is to leave and actually start influencing the galaxy with the dark side and him taking control over the galaxy with it. And and it goes to foreshadowing what Anakin eventually becomes as well in that even when he was giving that option to stop it, he chose the dark side to stop it and, and to bring peace through the dark side. Because we, it's hubris. It's his hubris. Yeah, and it's, it's almost the same thing he says. It's, it, it very much mimics what Darth Vader says to Luke, the son saying to Anakin now, let's rule the galaxy together. We can, you know, become more powerful than my father we can break through this and we can rule the galaxy together and bring peace. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's very is... evocative of what's going to happen. There's a lot of foreshadowing. I mean, there's many layers to it that you can see throughout all of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then like poetry, it rhymes. It is. And, and then obviously when um, they turn Ahsoka to the dark side mm -hmm. and all these feelings that you know, when she break wakes up from the dark side, she doesn't remember any of it. But I'm pretty sure there were some feelings in there that were real. They were augmented by the fact that she was infected with the dark side. But there were probably feelings in there that were true. Well, I mean, because she, Ahsoka, Ahsoka yeah. is a mirror, a mirror image of Anakin in yep. many ways. Mm -hmm. They go through the same things, and like it's a it's a way for Anakin to see himself, and also for Ahsoka to, especially like further down. Uh, Clone Wars and into Rebels to kind of do the opposite things that Anakin ends up doing. So that's why, in a way, she becomes the perfect Jedi in Rebels because she is following like that more neutral. Well, she leaves the ways of the Jedi, but by yeah. doing that, becomes the perfect Jedi because she's Pure, going yeah. through that. Yeah, because she's going through that middle way. Yeah, neither she finds dark balance. nor dark, but mm -hmm. she finds that balance and yeah. rejects that dogma. So mm -hmm. I, I, I. I think that's why Ahsoka's experience is very important to Anakin's because they're parallel experiences. Yeah. And then one chooses to find balance within herself. And, and even if Anakin eventually provides balance, he never finds it within himself until that like last final moment. Yeah. Yeah. And like Anakin chose the path of selfishness and Ahsoka went selfless. Selfless. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's when Ahsoka dies. Mm-hmm. And, and then the daughter decides to sacrifice herself to, you know, save Ahsoka because she had already, she's already dying, so she's going to save her. But, but you see how it affects Anakin, mm -hmm. how much emotion you get from him. And, and even before, it's like, no, I have to save Ahsoka when it's a Jedi tenet that, you know, if your Padawan's in trouble, you lift the feet. Like, you can't sacrifice the good just for one person. Mm -hmm. And you already in this arc see Anakin, and it's Ahsoka. It's not even his wife. It's his, you know. Well, 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 but, well, but that's sense. kind of bullshit on the Jedi's part. Though. <laughs> it is. I, I know it's complete bullshit, but you already see that tendency of his to, you know, give everything for somebody that he loves, which is not a bad thing. You know, I think the Jedi, you know, are kind of, you know, like a cult and, you know, some things are off. Yes. Yeah. I, I have to say. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, Understatement. Yeah. <laughs> you know. But you start seeing those traits in Anakin already. So, so aside from you know all the visions of the future that you get, you see a lot of it in his actions as well. 
how he's he's having a really he could not let go of Ahsoka. I think if Ahsoka died there, he would have gone insane. He would have probably gone dark side completely. Yeah, that's yeah. Because in a way, Ahsoka's almost like a daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's 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 even. Like he probably spent also more time with Ahsoka than with Padme. Oh yeah, definitely. And Fold, like, so all all of your life you've been built up as you're the chosen one. You can pretty much do anything, and then yeah. you cannot bring back somebody. Yeah, and you can't that, protect like, your loved ones. You can't protect yeah. your loved ones. Yeah. What does I, it matter I, if I'm all powerful if the people that I love yeah. end up dying? Well, right. his his grandson figured it out. <laughs> well, it, it, it took it took two generations to get there. Yep. Well, and the grandson dies anyway. Well, but dies. because that's that's the price you have to pay to like you know go against the will of the force. I mean, death is an it's like Yoda would say, it's a natural part of life. So oh, it's it's it's, it's, it's the the equivalent exchange. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, and yeah. then we get we get to the end of the arc, and it ends with all of them dying. I mean, the father says to him, you know, you brought balance to Mortis, but he brought balance with death, which is like really depressing. And it's how he ends up bringing balance at the end too, by killing Palpatine, which it's like really depressing. (laughs) But, but, but but it's, 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 it's Anakin's theme. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the way it's a very childish approach. Okay. I'm going to bring balance by eliminating both sides mm-hmm. like of course you're gonna have balance like mm-hmm. and it also foreshadows you know i'm gonna kill the jedi and then kill all the last remaining sith like yeah. throw him down a shaft the star wars way <laughs> he does bring balance but that's how he does it i mean he kills countless jedi but, so but he... it's not it's not true balance it's it's a it's no it's not it's it's the well the balance is not a constant thing which I think is also another point. Like balance is a continual struggle, always. Yeah. Which is oh, yeah, what's so yeah, good about yeah. the it's, Mortis arc that you see the brother and the yeah. sister continually battling each other, and the yeah. father kind yeah. of like you know keeping the stalemate happening. But, so but, and their but, cycles. Yeah. So so this brings a good question. Mm-hmm. What hypothetically would the universe be better off with a father, a daughter, and a son, or with none? If if both have a balance, why why would you support one over the other? Okay, well, I think that I'm not sure. Like, there's an actual confirmed answer for this, but like the modus beings are manifestations mm-hmm. of the force. So in a way, they're like you were talking before. In a sense, they're like the manifestations of light and dark made. Uh, well, they're not people, I guess, but like made into beings. So they just they're representational of what it is. So just because they're not around physically doesn't yeah. mean that the essence of what they are for the galaxy aren't there. Mm-hmm. But if but that makes what, any sense. So 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 then so then the, then that turns what did their death meant, if anything. Uh, for the greater galaxy, I think it's. I think it meant that there was less control over what was directly happening with the force because at least for me i see the mortis arc as like a neck like a turning point of how the force is 
shifting into mm -hmm. imbalance. Because yeah. before that, you can see like the Clone Wars can be like evenly matched and like galaxies in balance because you know Republic separatist. Mm -hmm. It's you know everything's going the same way if that makes any sense. And then after they pass into the netherworld of the force, then things start going a little more crazy with like the logistics of the war and whatnot. I mean, maybe that's one way to look at it. And then, you know, obviously then ultimately what happens is the Jedi are destroyed and then Anakin goes to the dark side. So I think that's what their death represents at the moment. Nothing happens, but it cascades into the events that, you know, the galaxy goes through. Maybe. I don't know. That's just me bullshitting right now. No, no. I mean, we're. I think I we're at the moment we're just bullshitting anyway. So because I mean, it's <laughs> something. It's something that we that I wanted to bring up, even though Nani hasn't seen Rebels, so I still think uh -huh. it's valid to bring up because yeah. then you have characters like the Bendu, right? Who's like uh, the the one in the middle. So I think like the Mortis, the Mortis gods, or whatever whatever they are, yeah, uh, aren't just aren't the only necessarily the only beings that like mm -hmm. represent light and dark and balance i think that there are multiple manifestations of that in different ways and like for example you have the father but then you also have the bendu and you have the the guardians of the wills who are also force beings so like there aren't there isn't like one group that necessarily maintains like that that control over the force necessarily maybe i don't know no, no, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it as anybody necessarily controls the force. But on, and I, I think it's a good thing you brought the idea of the Bendu because then you don't have it, it. It goes, I guess, it goes back to the idea of like we were talking about, like, is the Bendu the idea of the mother? Is it? just one being or one essence that has both the dark and the, and, and the light. And you don't need to, you don't really need a balance because you don't, you're not breaking it. You're not creating a duality of light and dark. Mm -hmm. It's just is, which is in a way, they're also two sides of the same coin. It, it, it mythologically goes into that trinity thing like mm -hmm. you have you you have the you know the, the three three beings but that's only a manifestation of the larger concept the bandu is is the living essence of just being at that middle mm -hmm. you know i'm i'm not going to take any sides the father is actively keeping checks on both yeah. sides, mm -hmm. which is a little bit different. One is, one is just like a boat floating in the river, and the other yeah. is building dams to make sure that there's a balance between light and dark. I think, uh, uh, I'll, I'll get back to you when I <laughs> find get, out what the Bendu are. <laughs> you have, you have, you have, you have the best words. I, I, oh yeah, <laughs> obviously he has the interesting, best words. Interesting, interesting. No, but I don't think I don't think the Bendu represents the mother. I still think the mother isn't a physical being. I still agree with like what Ty said in her video. I think the mother is the cosmic force. Mm -hmm. It's just oh. everything, everything that is around mm -hmm. that like imbues everything with that force within it. Yeah, so she, I, I don't think she's necessarily because even Obi Wan actually, it's interesting because when I was doing the rewatch, 
when Obi-Wan refers to the planet, he refers to it as a she. Yeah, you're right. So mm-hmm. when, when, when he mentioned that, I'm like, oh, yeah. maybe, okay. maybe, there's, maybe there's something there. Maybe there's something uh, there. So like, I, I, I like the analogy you make, though, between the father and the Bendu. Because I was trying to figure out how they're, they're, they're functionally different. And mm-hmm. the way you described it makes makes absolutely perfect, perfect sense. And, and I guess the mother will be the river in a sense. In, in a, I don't think she's just, no, I don't think she's the river. She's, she's, she's everything. Everything. She's everything. She's yeah. everything. Yes. Because the river in this case, in your analogy, is just dark and light. It's both at the same time. Oh, the river's a force. Exactly. The dark and light. That's why the the father is being the dance because he's controlling the water. So it's dark or light, whatever, just controlling Mm -hmm. it. When it's life giving and when it's destructive. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know, there's something about, because obviously you don't really know, you don't know if they're gods, you don't know what they are. Uh, The father just describes them as force users. Uh, They've been around for who knows how long. Time doesn't pass where they are. You don't know if they're in the galaxy, outside the galaxy, outside of time. But I think, you know, and there's, I've read, there's like theories that this is, you know, like the origin place of the force, which mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's true. I think the I force is everywhere. True. I think they're just maybe very ancient, very powerful beings that were kept out of time because, you know, time evolved beyond them and they were too powerful to be directly in contact with the world because they would affect it too directly. And by being separate, even by being separate and them being so powerful they still affect what happens outside so i think that's why the father was worried about one winning over the other because even inside that this balance would affect the rest of the world yeah that's a good point maybe like they live in their microcosm that's Mm -hmm. that diamond shape or as i like to see it two two pyramids because it's very that iconography is used a lot especially with the dark side you go to like the episodes of malachor and there's like these pyramidal structures and then obviously exegol in rise of skywalker is this pyramid so like having the entrance entrance entry point to mortis be like this diamond two pyramids on top of each other's yeah. shape i hadn't seen it that way but you're right because you you can see the divide and it actually looks like two pyramids yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so like I, I like i like how you frame it that way because then it kind of gives the bendu like a different well let's just define the bendu for that uh, the Bendu is a character in uh-huh. Rebels who he lives on a what planet are they on? I think they're in Adalon. Uh, whatever. I could be wrong about the planet. Doesn't matter. The point is, I don't remember he's, this, he's, this, he's this massive force being that Kanan and Ezra, the two Jedi characters from the mm-hmm. show, encounter. And he describes himself as the one in the middle. So he is a force being force. Okay. That, uh-huh. is, that is not aligned to the dark side or the, or the light, light side. Mm-hmm. He is in the middle. And he describes himself that way and he helps them with their journey through the Force. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say so that you still enjoy uh, the episodes. Okay. But uh-huh. tying it back to what you said, I think it's mm-hmm. important to like understand the roles because then it kind of gives them, and I, and I want to say it this way, but it kind of gives them like lesser and greater roles because since the Bendu is outside of yeah. Mortis, he quote-unquote has a lesser role slash influence on mm-hmm. the force as a whole i think he has a local influence mm-hmm. whereas the father has a, a you know cos- galactic, a cosmic, cosmic galactic mm-hmm. yeah exactly a galactic yeah. influence mm-hmm. 
maybe that's their functional difference in a way. And, and I think the father actually says it at one point that they had to go into isolation. Like it, it was a choice for them to kind of, you know, step aside from the day-to-day of the universe. <laughs> everything's working yeah it's like it's said the up like primordial beings yeah that you know mm-hmm. they were probably yeah if you know if we correlate that it probably mirrors whatever expansion of our own universe happened there just intermingle with the force mm-hmm. then it will make sense that at the beginning there will be a concentration of the nexus in the force mm-hmm. that will create a consciousness that mm-hmm. but it now, um, like this creates like an interesting idea because that is, is ultimately the father really necessary. It wouldn't wouldn't by nature chaos and by by the fact that the universe exists, that implies that by its own resolve, chaos or the dark side and order they were balancing or the light side, themselves out without a check. Without a check. I disagree. I think, I think, I think that either very, would have destroyed the other eventually at some point. So I don't think it's necessarily that, though. I, I think it's the way that it's framed, not only with their allegiance, the daughter and the son, but in their nature, because mm-hmm. the son is fully selfish and the daughter is fully selfless. So she would never attack her brother. And that you see that when they start fighting, she doesn't want to attack him. So well, I but think, she, but she also, I know, and then she sacrifices herself. I know, I know. She's like, I won't do it, but here's the dagger. <laughs> I know, but there's something about it that I don't think, I think the father is necessary yeah. in the way that they're done. Like if they would have been complete mirrors of each other, you would see that, you oh, know, canceling well, them themselves each other out, I think a little bit more, but yeah. because of their natures as well. And, and the fact that the dark side you know, eventually you start wanting more, which is what happens to the son. He's not just content fighting his sister, you know, on and on. He starts to desire more. Once he starts to sense the weakening of his father, he wants to take his place. He wants to go outside. He wants to influence the world. Like there's this greed that comes with the dark side for more and more that you see with Anakin as well. Anakin originally goes to the dark side because he wants to protect the people that he loves. And because he be, he he becomes so twisted that he thinks that through the dark side he can get peace, mm-hmm. but eventually becomes I want to rule the galaxy. Okay. You know, so you can see that transition. Like the dark side wants more and more and more. It wants to consume. It wants to eat. It wants to get bigger. And and it and it dilutes itself on the reasons why because the things you just said about the sun are the same things that Palpatine said when he's talking about the Empire. Oh, mm-hmm. at last we will have peace. Mm-hmm. You know, prosperous and secure empire mm-hmm. and all that shit. It's like, yeah, you're deluding yourself. Even yes. though I, I think Papadine isn't deluding himself. I'm sure yeah. he's very... I think Papadine knew exactly what he was it, doing. But, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but it still feeds into that narrative, yeah. right? That like you're thinking you're like you're, or at least projecting that you're doing the positive thing. Yeah. But when it's all really just for your own self. Self-satisfaction. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the, right, ideal, yeah. the ideal is that you don't need the father. Which is why, like, ultimately, like, the chosen one kind of, you know, dies, right, at the at Return of the Jedi because you don't need him anymore. Yeah. So, like, he steps away from the equation and the galaxy can keep going on without him. Uh, Except least- it doesn't 
continue in balance after the chosen one is gone. Well, I mean, it, it was for like 20, 30 years. Well, as we have seen from the Mandalorian, there wasn't really any balance. It was well, balance. Of a, yeah, balance in the force, I think, is different yeah. than balance politically. I know. It's, I know. I know. Getting into the weeds there. Yeah, I know, but I'm still, I'm still, you know, thirsting to see how that happened. I, I wish there, somebody would actually address that. Like, what happened afterwards? Like, how, how did government get established? How, how did the new republic come into being? Who chose who was who? I, I want to see, yeah, I want to see like a prosperous republic. Yeah, and, and like, was it really it... a good republic? Because you know, the exactly. rebellion still continued, or, or was it the same players coming back? And, and doing a corrupt Senate all over again. Is that what the New Republic was? I, I mean, we, we don't well, know. According, well, actually. Uh, <laughs> Correct well, me if I'm do. wrong. <laughs> well, actually. Uh, well, uh, I haven't read the book, actually. And I've actually read that the book is actually extremely good. It's uh, written by Claudia Gray. And according to the nerds, it's one of, she's one of the best authors in Star Wars out right now. Uh-huh. And in Bloodlines, it basically goes into like the whole structure of the new republic and actually what went wrong with it okay. and they have like this this the centrists and the, whatever I, I i forget the two facts okay but it's basically but there's the, there's stuff out there that explains it okay i did not in, in, in a way in a way and it's more or less it is more or less what happened with the like civil war in, here in the united states with like you have a group of people that believe in a more powerful central government and other people mm-hmm. that believe in more autonomous states and or in this case planets Okay. Uh, and that's kind of like how the first order started infiltrating and buying their influence with some of those uh, planets that didn't We're want undecided. more central that didn't want more central yeah. governmental rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like so there is some of those things out there, but I still think that okay. we need to it see needs it that more, more like cohesive yeah. explanation yeah. how it happened because Cause, I cause would understand that because I mean after the empire, you know, you knew that the republic failed. Like the Republic failed because it was corrupt and it allowed this to happen. So I think it would be, yeah, it would be really hard to trust if you went straight back to a Republic. Like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't they have tried to maybe do a different type of government? I I don't know. So, but that's the thing. Like, the prequel trilogy showed us that. Mm -hmm. And then it's it's almost as if we need like a trilogy before the sequel trilogy to see that downfall. Explain that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, but I agree. But, uh, Going back to like Mortis, I'm not mm-hmm. sure how necessarily that tied back into that, eh, but eh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we go on yeah. tangents. This is what we do. Oh man, but no, it was it was a great arc, really. Um, there were there were so many themes. I mean, the the relationship with um, Anakin and Ahsoka is you know it's getting stronger all the time. One thing for you to keep in mind, though, is once you keep going through your journey and going to Rebels, uh, the daughter and Ahsoka, there's a relationship that continues in some way. Okay. Oh, oh, and now that you talk about the daughter, uh, did you notice how foreshadowed it is? Like the position that the daughter is entombed looks almost exactly like how Padme. I did not. I did not recall that now. I did not. Okay. Yeah. Oh my god, watch it again. It looks almost, I saw it and I was like, oh my god, it's almost exactly like Padme. I mean, but I Dude. think that's one of the cool things that like Clone Wars does that like, 
there's mm-hmm. always like a little callback to like yeah. all the movies. Because for example, mm-hmm. like that scene in the first episode when they're being pulled into Mortis, it's basically a recreation of like, yeah. like when the, the Falcon star. is being is pulled. Yeah, it's pulling it, into the Death Star. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. we're in the street. We're, we can't move. We're caught. Yeah. It's like yeah. I got you, Filoni. I see what yeah. you did there. Yeah. <laughs> it's because that's what's so good about it, and and sometimes you don't even notice it. Yeah. It's kind of, you know, after you start thinking about it, you're like, wait, I can't believe he went there. That's so, you know, well done. But this is one of those things that kind of proves that George Lucas has great ideas. Mortis yeah. is George Lucas, but yeah. he let someone else write it. Pick the helm. Yeah. <laughs> because, exactly. no, because he's great with, you know, the concepts and the ideas and the story, obviously. You, you yeah. just have to accept when you have faults. And sometimes you it's hard to write. You know, not everybody can write dialogue that's believable. No. I no, mean, people he, aren't humans and George Lucas is not a human. So <laughs> he needs to let other people take the reins. Yeah. There. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, and, and talking about, you know, yes. going back to the ideas and everything, you know, you have that when, um, Anakin gets his visions and everything. It's very reminiscent of Mustafar. You're, you know, you're inside a volcano. You have the lava. You, you know, you have all these yeah, things yeah. going on. It's like recreating when he actually goes dark side yeah. later on. It's like I'm going dark side now, early, no, and screwing other, everything up. The other <laughs> thing I, I saw in that, I don't know if it was just me, eh, but like the tower that the sun lives in, I was like, that's that's Paratur. Come on. That's that's it looks like Lord the Eye of Mordor. Yeah, I'm like, that's that's Lord of the Rings, bro. Yeah. Hey. I thought that too. I was like, that is the Eye of Mordor, except it's green. And exactly. And then they yeah. go in and then they're in the they're in a volcano. Come on. You're 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 throwing the ring into into the lava of Mordor. Come on. Come on. Yeah, I know. Oh, but, I know you like Lord of the Rings too. I got it. <laughs> no, and you have to admit anything fantasy, everybody has stolen from Tolkien. Well, he made that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but everybody, everything fantasy in all time steals something from Tolkien. That's just a fact of life. I mean, if you're going to steal, steal from the best. Steal from the best, of course. Or, or maybe there. the Tolkien stole from very old and stuff. But, well, that everybody yes. eventually wore. Well, but he uh, transformed it, though. Uh, yeah, it. It's like George Lucas with Star Wars, right? He stole from Flash Gordon and all the serials that he liked he was growing Doom. up, but transformed it into yeah. something yeah. else. Yeah. It's kind of distinct in a way. It, Just it, like uh, Lord, uh, Lord of the Rings. Uh, Tolkien did with Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings, or he took, took from like ancient Norse mythology mm-hmm. and like all these mythologies and turned it into his own fantasy. Mm-hmm. So it's a transformative thing, like, you know, that make, makes it his own art. Would I call it an evolution? Eh, sure, let's call it that for now. <laughs> it, oh, no, no, it just goes back to the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah. Where it's not a blueprint, it's mm-hmm. a it's a guideline to like yeah. understand what came before and then transform it to turn it into your own. Yeah, because I mean, most of the myths follow the same threads. Uh, be it if you want to interpret them as science fiction, if you want to do full fantasy, if you want to do myth. If you want to do, you know, Westerns, you have the same, you know, tropes coming up all the time. So it's not necessarily stealing. It's reinterpreting different yeah, At this point where we are in the 21st century, everything's been done in some way. Everything's gotta, been done. Yeah. You just got to like 
take it and yeah. transform it somehow. Yeah. It's just like matter. Matter is not created or destroyed. It's only transformed. So we're approaching like the final throws of our conversation. I think one of the interesting points that like uh, we could discuss uh, was like an anal uh, analogous image that I recall seeing in The Last Jedi now that we're contrasting it with Mortis. Mm -hmm. And The Last Jedi, when we go into the top of the mountain or wherever the fuck Luke and Ray are training, you see like that mosaic on the floor. Yeah. And if uh -huh. you uh, dig into it and do it like the research in the visual dictionary, it is mm -hmm. confirmed to be like the prime Jedi. And the mosaic shows like, you know, a Jedi like in, a, in the lotus position with his lightsaber, but engulfed with, you know, in both halves, engulfed in light and dark. So obviously, it seems to suggest that like this prime Jedi, the first Jedi, is a being that is in balance. And like that iconography, obviously, not only has like the ties to yin and yang, as mm -hmm. would, you know, in real real world iconography would be the analogous thing. But in Star Wars mythos, it would then tie into Mortis and like the arena that like uh, Luke mm -hmm. was fighting the daughter and the son. Anakin. Who did I say? Luke. Oh, that, sorry. Oops. No, <laughs> it happens. My mistake. <laughs> Apologies, nerds. Uh, <laughs> that Anakin was fighting the son and the daughter. So like, do we feel in some way then that, that there's, and this is obviously going way on the deep end and like totally theoretical, but mm -hmm. is there like any connection maybe between the prime Jedi and the gods of Mortis? Mm. Interesting. Because, and this, this, this goes to, I, I feel like they're a little bit distinct they're, because like the prime Jedi, it alludes to that idea of like, the Adi Jogi, the Adi Buddha, the the first being to, you know, synthesize and feel the force or understand the force. So yes, it has to have a balance. But it but it's a balance that when the figure is sitting, you actually have both sides. It's like a reflected inside Jing and Jang. Right? At least the god, the gods seem to be like an external element of the force. So maybe it's just that the prime Jedi is just that being, kind of like the Bendu that's outside of the force, but has that access to understanding both sides of the force and has to balance them. Mm. The gods, by their definition, are are outside of that. They they, they have the they're, they're either not within the galaxy or a part that can actually trans. Like, they have no time and space. Yeah, they're within it and without it. And without mm -hmm. it. And that, and that has to be key to be... A, I feel like the prime Jedi, just the other way around, has to... They, they, they can probably, with their minds, access that force... But their physical being has to be a material self. That's 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 why the Jing and Jan has to be inside and not just the general Jing Jang of the bounds of the force. I buy it. You buy it. <laughs> I'm just 
I've actually, I haven't looked into that much into like the history of the Jedi. I, I don't know when it actually became that divide between Sith and Jedi. So to speak of the prime Jedi, I don't think I'm knowledgeable enough. And I think calling- I mean, no one, no one knows. Anything. Yeah, the actual so you history You can say anything you want. I know. I, I, I BSed, Manny. You can BS too. <laughs> no, but- the fact that you call him, I mean, as a prime, just using the word Jedi, Jedi already means that you go to the light, you know, because that's yeah. the distinction that has been made now. Well, that's that's like uh, when you talk. Well, I, I, no, I'm going to. Yeah, gonna, correct me. Go. Gonna, that's, no, not, it's not correction. It's more it's more of mm-hmm. a pushing back type of thing mm-hmm. because it's like uh, Democrats and mm-hmm. Republicans, right? Like now that word an association has a meaning towards yeah. what that represents. But like, if you go decades into the it past, meant something it, else. it meant something else. Yeah. Okay. So I think Jedi doesn't always have to be like this yeah. one thing. Yeah. Maybe uh, it changed eventually with history as the Jedi became more attached to the light. Yeah. And then the it, distinction was made. Maybe the word Jedi originally meant force user in yeah. balance. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we, we well, don't know. Does anybody know the, etymology of jedi i was actually uh, i know i've read it before but i don't remember so i hope that you just looked it up so you can educate us yeah <laughs> is your mind being blown as you read it <laughs> i think he's he's i think his mind's being blown are you going to share with us mo uh yes so according to wikipedia <laughs> <laughs> which we that- just so don't get everything from Wikipedia. Do not get anything from Wikipedia. Okay, let's let's. <laughs> but yeah. in in this case, mm-hmm. uh, from mm-hmm. the ja- from the Japanese, Jida Jeki, and I probably mispronounced that completely. Apologies, Japanese fans. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. But it means a period drama, or perhaps inspired by the way Jed leader and Jedak king. In the Barsoom series of Actor Rice Burroughs. Uh, um, that's I have no idea. I have no idea what that means. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what that meant. I yeah. thought I was. Gonna, I thought you were gonna drop like a truth bomb. I was like, oh, it's just, <laughs> it, it means self. It means self awareness and connectivity. I'm like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, George Lucas failed us in that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it, it was just simply. I like that. Let's just. That's a good word. That's a good word. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing wrong with that. That's that's a beautiful way of yeah. living. No, and it's, I mean, and it's, you don't need to know everything about it. I mean, it just, it gives you more time to flesh everything out. It's it's something that can completely, you know, always be explored and you're never going to get all the answers. You don't always get all the answers to everything anyway. Uh, sometimes it's better not. Have sometimes answers. it's better to not have all the answers and then you can speculate and, you know, have your own ideas about it. Like, if if you have different interpretations, it doesn't mean any of them are wrong. Yeah. I mean, it, it opens up to, you know, everybody kind of thinking about it because the Jedi, you know, if you want to call it a religion, a cult, whatever it is, <laughs> with yeah, with its flaws and with everything, you know, it, it still opens you up to like interpret other religions through it. Yeah. So, well, I mean, that's something Dave Filoni has always kind of been big on, which mm-hmm. is not explaining some things. Mm-hmm. And Mortis is one of those things. I was actually, as I was doing a little homework for this uh-huh. episode during the week, I was looking 
uh, just when the Clone Wars episodes were being released. I don't know if it was like for the DVD releases or whatever. It's irrelevant. They were like behind the scenes uh, okay. episodes mm-hmm. where like they interview Dave and he gives his explanations of what's going on on the arcs and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And for Mortis, he was very adamant to be okay. like, I mean, there are things that we definitely thought of when we were mm-hmm. doing X, Y, and Z, but we won't want we don't want to explain it because one, yeah. it would detract from yeah. people's, yeah. you know, yeah. imagination of like making up their own answers, yeah. which for those particular questions is more important than yeah. just us telling them mm-hmm. what's happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think he also said similar things for the Morai in Rebels when people ask if she's the daughter. Uh, he's like, oh, stop, stop, maybe, stop, stop. maybe. I have maybe. to get there first. Yeah. Um, I said no. words that you don't know what they mean. I know, but still. <laughs> um, but no, I, I actually love that he framed it that way because it's true because, you know, the whole arc is basically about self-exploration and the fact that he wants us to self-explore as we watch it yeah. instead of it you know being handed on a platter makes it that much more important of an art well it's like art in a way like sometimes you look at a piece of art at a museum yeah. and you take from it more meaning mm-hmm. than it was necessarily imbued with mm-hmm. and if like the artist tells you that oh yeah that doesn't mean anything i just yeah put a couple splotches of paint there it kind of ruins it in a way even though yeah. it shouldn't but like i think that's what Filoni's kind of getting at. it's just like hey yeah. i don't want to take away any meaning mm-hmm. that you can take away from that because that the meaning that you give it is more important than the meaning it actually yeah. has yeah which you and used think- to see more in, in film and everything as well now sometimes everything is too cookie cutter like in your face i have to explain it there there was an art to it before where it was more about you know people you know interpreting it in a certain way yeah. i guess well which i think is one of the great things that we disagree on some things and yeah. people will need to listen to that episode to understand mm-hmm. what i'm talking about but especially about the new episode of the mandalorian where like yeah. there are things that like even though they're hitting you in the head apparently <laughs> uh, about what they're <laughs> oh, meaning he's so sour about oh, what they're what somebody they're salty are. <laughs> but like for, for other people, it's not. So make sure to check out that episode. It's very interesting. That's we don't right. always have to agree to love the same things. No, that's true. That's very true. Yeah. No, I think that's the the, the the purpose of like having like a multi you know, yeah. different yeah. people comment. Yeah. And the, the discussion makes it better. You. When things are controversial, they're actually better. Because, you know, if people interpret them in different ways, it actually has more meaning than if well, everybody I mean, thinks one contra- exact way about it, you know. Controversial is so. only good if like you're not you know doing ad hominems or uh, attacking the other person yeah. like some factions from the well, we've already called them out before so let's call them out again from the fandom <laughs> menace too and it's like yeah. hey bros yeah. just relax okay. little discussion yeah i mean fans in general and fans of all things you know you can't hate somebody for interpreting something a, a different way I mean, you take what you like from it and you accept it. And then you hear other opinions, other opinions you might not like, but you don't have to hate on it. I hate haters. <laughs> I do. I, I hate haters. I hate haters that like hate or hating. Sin. Yeah. 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 And, and when, then become like actually, you know, and, and then bullies that hate. and mean. Yeah. Yeah. But beyond hating, because whatever you hate, what you hate, and mm-hmm. what, fuck it. You can't control that. But it's mm-hmm. more so like policing what other people can like. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and it's it's like well it, mm-hmm. as I 
don't like a lot of things, but I don't mm -hmm. care if someone else likes them. Mm -hmm. Or you're, or you're free. Yeah. That's the, so it's kind of like, the, I'm not going to go out of my way to attack yeah. someone that likes something else, unless it's you, Nanny, or something. But that's because we're family. Because you're just mean. Uh, exactly. And you're just mean. Yes. With you, yes. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it's going, like, going out yeah. of my way to attack someone else for liking something. It's just yeah. like, hey, just whatever, man. If you like it, it's great. Everyone should find something that, they're, that they mm -hmm. love and they're passionate about and that they take joy in, like, finding meaning in. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons that the Mortis arc is so incredibly powerful because I think it's, it spans across like different uh, groups of people in the fandom to kind of unite them all. Because I think this is something that everyone kind of comes together to like analyze and interpret and enjoy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it's a, it's especially because really it's, not, it's, it's not, you know, completely explained. So it, it brings yeah. people, you know, like you said, it brings people together to just like try to figure out what it really means. Are they real? Are they not? Did it happen? Did it not happen? Are we having an inception moment? Were they all dreaming? And, you know. I think it's kind of like, I think it's like a contact. Because we mentioned yeah. that before. I think yeah, that's like the trans-dimensional thing. Like they went out of time somewhere else and met beings from some other galaxy. And It's, it's a combination with the contact and what yeah. you mentioned from interstellar. It was like yeah. interstellar, they're beyond mm -hmm. the, the black holes or they're beyond space and time. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it moves in, it moves into that direction. I think. Yeah, it's it's in off the world, but out of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. Ultimately, it doesn't matter if it's yeah because the, the only thing that matters is that they had that journey and yeah yeah mm -hmm. by proxy we had the journey with them. Just uh, but 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 like, like it's interesting if we're gonna dissect it in terms of real world experiences. I don't know <laughs> if you know what I'm getting at, Mo. Uh, but like we will not do that in this episode. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about, so I guess we're not doing that. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about it off. off, off. We'll, we'll have to yes get back to this because I have zero clue what you're talking about. Zero clue. But I'll, 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 I'll clue you in. But but, but wow, that I was guess... a horrible pun. <laughs> like Darth Vader. <laughs> Darth Vader had horrible puns. The best puns. For you to have the best joke on your aspirations. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Perfect dad pun. He's a dad. He's just doing puns. <laughs> oh my god. Um, I just, I really, I really loved. Um, obviously, Qui Gon. You know. I need and, more. And hearing Liam Neeson's voice was just like butter. You know, like. Mm. It just makes me want to need him more in the Kenobi show. I, yeah, I think, I mean, he's integral to Obi-Wan's journey. So yeah. I think there's a need for him to show up every once in a while, you know, or, or at least be mentioned, you know. Just, one, just once. This yeah, I mean, I just had like this perfect image for the Kenobi show that if they don't do it, I guess fine. But like, it's such a wasted opportunity. It's like, Obi-Wan just sitting up like on the on a sand dune or something mm -hmm. and twilight looking out on the horizon and the camera just pans out and you see a silhouette in the sand looking at the you know sunset with the stars coming up and then all of a sudden like the ghost of Qui-Gon just shows up next to him and they just have like this discussion of 
the force or luke or something uh, this is why goose always gets disappointed because he has these grandiose yes, he, he creates this whole great scenario <laughs> he, he creates yeah. this whole thing with all the uh, details i'm the pretty only... sure he hears the sounds and everything yeah. he hears the sound no, track oh, coming yeah. in oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah i, I have it i have it it's right there <laughs> he's so I'm gonna bad send, i'm gonna send deborah shao right now an email it's like hey this is what you gotta do immediately please this, this has to happen yeah yes that's why everyone needs to like uh <laughs> share this video like it uh, so it will so, get done so it will get viral and make sure it reaches Deborah Chow and Lucasfilm so that this scene is indeed in the show we're, 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 oh we're probably less than six degrees away from anyone so <laughs> I think we're we might be close we might be close we're at, we're at eight degrees maybe maybe well if, if not we'll get Kevin Bacon and then yes he'll help us <laughs> that's something we can hashtag the description since we already mentioned tremors yeah <laughs> kevin hashtag bacon. kevin bacon hashtag kevin mm -hmm. well should kevin bacon be in a star wars film that would be interesting <laughs> he's still distracting he's kevin bacon he's kevin bacon that's what happened with uh first class to me <laughs> x-men uh, first class really he took you out i, I enjoyed yeah, i enjoyed uh, him uh, no i i liked it but i was like it's kevin bacon, it's like, kevin bacon. I, yeah. I couldn't take him 100 percent seriously as a that, that happened character. with me with with the prequels <laughs> With Sam Jackson, I was like, Sam Jackson, really? Sam yeah, Sam Jackson. Yeah, he's Shaft. He's exactly. you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's yeah. Sam Jackson. He's not. Yeah. yeah, he's supposed to be throwing f bombs all around. Why is he being PG? You, 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 you're waiting. You're waiting for him to yeah. slash somebody and say motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, which would be great. Okay, don't get me wrong, but mm -hmm. imagine. Anyway, but I see. I see that like our tangents kind of like uh, went. Show above and beyond right now, yes. Show that we have uh, more or less uh, wrapped up our mortis conversation, yeah. unless someone else has something to add. I think we are wrapped up here. Yeah. yeah, I think we should just say, you know, to anybody who hasn't watched it, the mortis arc stands alone. If you're not a fan of Clone Wars or everything, you can just watch these few episodes yes. and it takes something from it. So I encourage anybody that's listening that is not into it, watch it. It's really good, it speaks to the whole series. So it's worth it. Me that was, you know, a hater of Clone Wars. Just, you know, I know. I hate I know. it without even watching it. I know. I'm just terrible. You were, you were one of those toxic fans we just talked I was about. A, I, I know. I know. You know, it's, some things are self-fulfilling, you know? Yep. Self-fulfilling prophecies. That's true. We usually, we usually dislike the things on other we people are. that are things that we have mm -hmm. inside. Mm -hmm. A reflect of who we are, yes. Yep. Yeah. So I think on that note... <laughs> We should say good night. Good night. Guys, follow us <laughs> on Twitter. Like, subscribe on YouTube. Share. Leave us a review. Comment. We want the comments, guys. Please, please comment. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure we're not right about most of the things we're saying. So we would like, you know, we are bullshitting opinions. Yeah. Even negative opinions. Yeah. Tell us, tell us where we're wrong. Because we're probably, you know not that good of a nerd so yeah just tell us we're wrong so and and you know to the uh, self-deprecating you know, to the <laughs> exactly and to the like 10 people that listen to us um thank you for thank listening you, yes. to us <laughs> good plus, night plus plus the other 10 that put us on mute yeah yes thank you thank yes. you thank we you for, yes. don't you thank you thank you yes. <laughs> <laughs> may the force be with you good night good, good night, night.